I want to talk a little bit this morning about spiritual posture. Spiritual posture being open to the Lord looks a little like this and a lot not like that. And so what we're going to do is that we're just going to, uh, we're going to close our eyes. We're going to open up our hand. We're going to open up our heart. And I believe that God has something very significant for us this morning. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather as a church family. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here right now. God, I'm asking that the wind of heaven would blow. Come, Holy Spirit, wind of heaven, blow through this place. Lord, we position our heart, God, this morning to be carried to a place that we would never have the wherewithal to go to on our own. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a shout right now. Amen. Well, you guys may be seated. Uh, You may have noticed that we've had the podium uh, move back just a little bit. Uh, just to make sure that we've got a little bit of room. Show of hands, how many of you uh, have Ressie and I not had the opportunity to meet yet? Two, three, four. The rest of you, we know each other. Family, it's a reunion. Come on, give God a shout right now. Hey, so uh, prior to the stage redo, and my understanding is that uh, there's going to be another stage redo, but in worship this morning, I was captured by the fact, I'll never forget, in March of 1999, I'm standing right here in worship, and I had a very clear picture from the Holy Spirit that my job is to introduce people to Jesus, step out of the equation, and cheer for them. There is no middleman. Come on, how many of you know there is no more middleman? You and I, through Jesus, have direct access by faith to the Father. We don't need an intermediary. Jesus is our intermediary. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that, that God is moving in this place. The presence of God is here. And, and for 33 years, uh, Pastor Kirk and Pastor Suzette have been faithful to the call of God, faithful to what God has asked them to do. And, uh, and it really is an honor for Ressie and I to be here. Ressie, would you just stand up real quick this morning? Amen. <clears throat> I know you're thinking it, but I'll go ahead and say it. She's the better seven-eighths of the whole equation. And uh, so, but it really is an amazing thing. uh, Rusty and I came, first came to the Rock Church uh, six, when it was six months old, meeting in the Days Inn in Swannanoa, North Carolina. I don't even think they have that building there anymore. Torn down. And uh, Rusty and I walked in, and I've shared this before, but we see this handsome young couple down front and long hair, mustache, and Pastor Suzette was rocking to the, and I was like, it's Donnie and Marie Osmond. This is amazing. You young people don't even know who Donnie and Marie Osmond are. We just dated ourselves. And, uh, and I remember they're up there leading and they're doing the little overhead projector. But I just want to let you guys know that has started a relationship that has lasted for over 33 years now. Amen. Can we give God a shout? That's amazing. <clears throat> and, uh, and really it is by God's grace. And And I don't think uh, either Pastor Kirk nor I really knew what all that God has uh, had in store for us at the beginning of our relationship. But uh, but I want to tell you, there are lives in Greensboro that are being generationally impacted because of the relationship with Pastor Kirk and the Rock Church here in Asheville. And so I just want to let you know, there is no perfect place, but we can be perfectly placed Let me say, I felt the Holy Ghost on that. Listen, some of us find ourselves looking for a perfect place. Not going to find it. Because the moment you walk in, well, the water level rises. I know when you show up, it gets good. But but the reality is, you know, we, we find ourselves looking for perfect places. And there's not any here on this earth. But 
God in his goodness will perfectly place us if we will allow him to. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 that says this, God places members in the body as he sees fit. And I just want to encourage you, what's going to sustain you when pressure comes is having a profound sense of placement here at the Rock Church. And so it's not just attending meetings, it's being part of the family. So, so many exciting things happening here, and uh, it's such an honor for Ressi and I to be a part. So I want to just share some thoughts this morning about hearing what I believe is probably one of the most important messages that we could ever learn, one of the most important aspects of our relationship uh, growing with the Lord, and that is learning to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's so many voices that are going on in our culture today. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got something to say about something. But I believe that God, more than anything, is wanting us to learn his voice. We come to church to be equipped to hear so that out there we can live in general response to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, as sons and daughters, God is looking to move through us, nudge our hearts, and as we respond to that, be Jesus with skin on, find ourselves learning to live and respond when we leave this place. It's not just coming to church, it's what we get here that we carry when we leave, amen? And so, uh, come just share some thoughts this morning. You will find, for those of you who've not heard us speak before, uh, and I do want to tell you, you guys are uh, honored to have one of the most prolific Bible teachers in the planet, uh, amen. Amen. I, I, <clears throat> uh, uh, and and when I, every time I hear Pastor Kirk preach, I realize I just don't have that gift. He, he is one of the most profound teachers, and we need teachers. But I just want to let you, I'll give you a heads up right now. This will not be like a Pastor Kirk message. My, the first five years when we were in Greensboro, it wasn't WWJD. It was WWPKD. What would Pastor Kirk do in this situation? And it took me about five, year, five years, really, to to find the armor that God has put on my life. And I believe if you'll just be open for that, God's going to do something significant. Amen? How many of you know that we serve a God who still speaks? We serve a God who still speaks. And, uh, and I believe, again, one of the most important vital aspects of our relationship with the Lord is learning to discern His voice. Now, the thing is about the voice of the Lord, and sometimes you hear people say, oh, well, I heard the Lord say, and the Lord led me, and... And, and sometimes you look at the fruit of people's lives who continually say they're being led of the Lord, and there's actually no fruit. There's no rungs on the board. They just kind of are like getting tossed around by the wind. And, and I believe that God's wanting to bring some stability to our lives, some, some concreteness in our, in our being able to stand uh, as we learn his voice. And one of the things that's so important for us to, to understand is that the context and the framework for discerning God's voice is rooted in the fact that we serve when he speaks, and when he does speak, he speaks within the boundaries of his written word. Say boundaries. Boundaries within the written word. If you feel like God is speaking to you and it is outside the parameters of Scripture, it probably is not the Holy Ghost. So let's not blame God, well, the Lord led me into this other relationship, or the Lord led me away, or the Lord did this, and if it's out of bounds with Scripture, it's not God. And here's the thing, unless we learn to understand that God always speaks within the con context of his written word, if we don't know the written word, we can miss the voice. We can miss the voice. So here's one of the things that I've discovered in the years I've walked with God is that one, God speaks through his word. 
time in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit can highlight things. How many of you found you've read a scripture before and the Lord showed you something? You read it again and you see something that you've never seen before. Holy Spirit, it's almost like the Holy Spirit does that little yellow highlighter. It's like, man, I've never seen this before. Let me encourage you practically. When God does that, when you read your Bible, have pen and paper. Get a notebook and just highlight those things. He, he doesn't highlight things uh, without a purpose. Amen? And so, so he always speaks through his word. The second thing about the voice of the Lord is that he always speaks in line with his eternal purpose. Let me say that one more time. God always speaks in line and in accordance with his unfolding eternal purpose. So never underestimate the power of a small step of obedience because it fits within something larger than just the step itself. It may not seem significant to you, but God doesn't waste words. Amen. God always speaks in line with his eternal purpose. And the third thing which we've touched on already is that God never speaks outside the boundaries of what has been written. Amen. So here's a couple of scriptures I want to share this morning. Luke chapter 21, verse 33 says this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. How many of you know that the word of God is eternal and, and that the gospel of the kingdom of God is not subject to the gospel that's being preached in our culture? Listen, there are things that are happening in our culture right now that are outside of the boundaries of the Word of God. And just because culture embraces it doesn't mean that it is going to stand the test of time. Scripture says all the things that we see are going to pass away. Philosophies of men, they shall pass, but my Word shall remain forever. Psalm 119 verse 89 says this, forever. And how many of you know that forever means forever? All right, this section, got it. How many of y'all know that forever means good? This good interaction here just lets you know that you're alive and with us. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Again, in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8, Scripture says this. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass and the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. How many of you know it is vital that we build our life on the unshakableness of God's word? We must build our life not on how we feel, not on what's being said, but on that which stands forever. We will walk stably as we build on the stability of of the written word. Amen? First Peter, uh, this is a reference to this Isaiah uh, 40. First Peter 21, uh, First Peter 1, 24 and 25. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Come on, throughout Old Testament, throughout New Testament, there's this prevailing theme, the word of God remains forever. Amen? So, you know, one of the biggest lies I've discovered, even in my walk with the Lord, uh, is that, that the enemy has pushed this belief that the Bible is too hard to understand. You ever thought that? Well, if you start in Leviticus, I'd probably agree with you. <laughs> if you're just starting, don't start in Leviticus. 
Lots of big names you don't know how to pronounce. I don't know how to pronounce them. A pastor being the teacher, a pastor knows how to pronounce them. Couldn't tell you. But, uh, but I believe starting in the Gospel of John and just, Lord, Lord, as I begin to do this and read a chapter a day. Come here, let me tell you all something. I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to because I'm naughty. You see the guys in the back walking on the subs. Jim Puffer told me that it has a spring-loaded thing. It's going to send me to the roof. Amen. Nothing shall deter me. Hallelujah. Uh, but, 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 Lord, I got so excited about that, I forgot where I was going to go. One of the lies, again, that the enemy says is that it's too hard. Listen, it's not too hard. We need to start and read a chapter a day. Don't, don't set out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the whole Bible cover to cover starting today. No, you're not. Let me set you free. If you'll set out for one chapter, listen, hit a single. Don't try to hit a grand slam home run. One chapter a day and just bring a pen and paper and begin to do that. And here's one of the things that I've found that has been so helpful for me. It's like, Lord, as I come before you and I read your word, I'm asking you, Father, that you would speak to me. Watch this in a way that I can understand. Listen, he doesn't need to speak to me like you understand. He needs to speak to me so that I can get it. And how many of you know as a good dad, he's not going to be up there talking a foreign language. He really wants you to know. And so simple childlike faith, God, I'm coming before you. And listen, the older you get, some of you older folks, some of you that I've known for the last 30 plus years, hey, listen, let's not, let's not get old and crunchy. Let's, get, let's be like Benjamin Button. Right? Let's keep getting younger and younger and simpler and simpler and just be like, Lord, I'm coming before you. And here's the thing I have found. The longer I walk with Jesus, the less I actually know. So let's just have enough humility to recognize, God, you're big, and you want to speak in a way that I can get it. And let's keep it like that. You know, I believe that God's wanting to look at us like, like Mikey and Life Serial. There's Bobby and Susie Noble. Get them to do it. They'll do anything. It's like, yeah, here we go. I want to live with that kind of posture, that sense of excitement. And I want to encourage you guys for the, big, the one big service coming up in July. I've got to tell you this. You guys are going to be partially responsible for helping those new folks get connected. Like really, really, it's not the church's job. It's our job. And as soon as we say, well, no, the church will take care of that. Who's the church? You, me. So I want you to really set your heart to not only be a part of that July 2nd Sunday meeting, but also that you would purpose. Man, I want to find out who else is part of this family and help lead them into, not just for service, but lead them into all that God is establishing here. Amen? As we say down in Greensboro, that's a good place to shout, throw money, or say wow. Doesn't matter. We got folks who ball up money. They start throwing it down front. We had a guest minister in. It was amazing. They thought that they were throwing little things of bubble gum. I'm like, no, man, they're throwing 20s. It's like, let's go. So if the preaching's good, it is a good place to shout, throw money, or say, wow. Hey, you know what we should do when PK comes back and he says something good? Come on, bring some seed. Start throwing it. Hey, like, what are you throwing? See, the 20. We'll put it in the missions fund. I know, I know, but come on. Let's have some fun with it. There is a certain spirit of mischief upon this person, and, uh, uh, but it's a good, healthy mischief, just pushing the, just expanding the boundaries just a little bit. Here's the deal. If we don't, Scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world, right? He didn't say equal to. 
Some of us find this contentment. Well, listen, I won't mess with the devil if he doesn't mess with me. The devil doesn't play pretty. He always uh, doesn't go, hold up his end of the bargain. He's going to continue to try to push you and me into a corner to where we sit down, shut up, be quiet, and all of a sudden marginalize us. I'm telling you this morning, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So therefore, that greater begins to bring influence. If we're not bringing greater influence, we find ourselves being influenced and pushed into the corner. Amen? One of the biggest lies, listen, it's not true that the Bible is too hard to understand. We've been given a helper, and his name is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And uh, so here's what the Scripture says. 1 John chapter 2, verse 26 and 27 says this, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides. Say abides. It abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and it is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Now, let me just give a word of caution here. This is not a scripture that we can then use to then justify rebellion and not submitting to the authority that God places in our life. Oh, I don't need you, brother. I've got the Holy Ghost. Yeah, well, I'm sorry you're, you're out of... Can you imagine our kids when they're growing up? Sorry, mom. I don't need you to tell me to clean my room. I'm waiting for the Holy Ghost. It's him. Well, I'm telling you, I am the voice of the Lord right now. You get up there and clean that room, you're going to know something. Amen? So what, he's, what John is not saying here is that we don't need teachers. How many of you know we need teachers? We need fivefold office teachers. According to Ephesians 4.11, when Jesus died and rose again, that he gave gifts to the church. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Those five anointings to help the church mature and the church grow. So we need those gifts that God has given to the church. But we also need to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit the one who we abide in him and he abides in us and we continue to grow in learning his voice. Amen? Listen, while teachers are vital, if we ourselves never hide the word of God in the soil of our own heart, we will quickly forget what we have been taught. Can I tell you all a secret? If the only time you're getting word in you is when you come to church here on Sunday morning, your spirit is hungry. Your spirit is languishing. Your spirit is... Listen, there's no way one meal a week... Now, some of us might need to, like, do that intermittent fasting for one meal a week, but we don't need to do intermittent fasting with the Word of God. We need to learn hide the Word in our heart. It is not your pastor's job to spoon-feed you every single week. Shout, throw money, say, Wow. And I'm not telling you this because, listen, you've got a great teacher, and we need the anointing and the grace that's on his life. But if that's the only time you're getting word, we wonder why we're spiritually weak, learning to hide the word in our heart. Watch this. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed 
in his doing. Pastor Jess shared a beautiful story this week of uh, a little interaction with her and her daughter, Cora. Can I, can I, are you going to preach that one day? All right, I'm going to go ahead. So anyway, so they were down and very close, and Pastor Jen had her, her sunnies on, sunny sunglasses. And, um, and her daughter was really, really close. And so she was, they were looking eye to eye, and all of a sudden, she, Cora made some little comment about seeing herself in the reflection. And the spiritual truth of, listen, when we look into the eyes of the Father, when we look into the, Father, into the Word of God, we get a true representation of who we are. I can tell you something all day long, but when hell is raging, if you've not learned to hide the Word in your heart, you're going to forget all the encouragement that I gave you on Sunday morning. And hell is raging. So we must find ourselves as sons and daughters of God, continuing to put away the Word of God in our heart. Amen? And listen, the Holy Spirit will help you start. He will help. Listen, he's called the helper. He's not looking for you to sit back and not from a legalistic point of view. You've got to read your Bible. I get to read my Bible. Hey, in this country, we still get to read our Bible. Some countries you can't. It's illegal. They'll kill you. Maybe coming. I don't know. By then, it's going to be too late. So let's make a commitment today. Lord, with your help, I'm going to begin to hide your word in my heart. Amen? Psalm 119, David said this so eloquently. He said, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's amazing. I've hidden your word. I've stored it up. I've got a store. Good God, I feel like preaching. I've got a storehouse of the word of God. I don't have a storehouse of information memorized. I've got a storehouse of word hidden. And I'm telling you, being spirit beings, we're hiding the word here. We're not memorizing here. We can memorize all day long, but if it doesn't reach our heart, I'm telling you, circumstances will come in such a way that will conflict with the knowledge we've got about Jesus, but it can never stop the revelation you've got of Jesus given by the Holy Spirit in our heart. So we store word here, not memorizing here. That's going to set somebody free or make somebody mad. That's my anointing. Throughout Scripture, we do see God continually reaching towards the hearts of his people by his still, small voice. And you know what? We often don't discern the still, small voice because all the other voices that are screaming for our attention. Listen, there are some loud mouths out there claiming to speak for God, claiming to speak in, 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 in politics and all this stuff, and I'm not here to tell you about that. We know there's voices that are screaming. And sometimes when everything is screaming, the economy and this and this and this party and that party, and that's a fake president and all this garbage, it's like, what are you talking about? The reality is those voices are screaming, clamoring for attention, and they actually want to get into your pocketbook. Let me just challenge you, Rock Church. I so appreciate the testimony of that young lady starting to honor God with her tithe. Honoring God with your tithe is not throwing him a token 20 every week. Honoring God with your tithe is placing the very, every core of who you are. I'm trusting God for my financial future. The Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that cannot be contained. Listen, your tithe shouts God is my source and screams to the devil, I'm not going to let you rob me of walking in all that God's called me to walk in. 
Some of us need to settle that issue. And I know this is from God because it's not in the notes. Can I get an amen? The guy's in the back doing the words like, where's that in the notes? Ha ha, it's not in there. A sudden move of the Holy Spirit. But somebody needs to hear that. You don't need to pray about your tithe. You pray about offering, but you've settled the tithe. Man, if I had a, a, the Hammond B3 organ playing in my head right now, one in three, going off like crazy on the inside. Settle the tithe. Let's say that together. Settle the tithe. Move the decimal place one over, pre-tax. Settle it. When you have opportunity for offering, how many of y'all want to learn to hear the voice of the Lord? I'll tell you the best, the easiest way to learn the voice of the Lord is when offering time comes. It's asking him, God, how would you have me to give? Do you realize some of us don't ask because we're afraid of what he's going to say? And he knows, here's the thing I found out about the Lord. God knows once you know that you heard him. He knows. I want to hear your voice, Lord, but just not in that department. La, 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 la. I found, oh, since we're already out there, I've already walked on the subs. We're in deep water now. Uh, I have found that the folks who get most uh, antsy about the offering are those, who don't act, are those who don't actually trust God in the area of their finances. Here's the deal. More often than not, when you ask the Lord, and I'll tell you how you know it's the Lord. Lord, what, do, what would you have me to give? He said, thanks for asking, do this. And your first thought will always be, get behind me, Satan. Because he's always going to ask you to do something way beyond what is coming. Here, let me tell you something about the devil. He's never going to ask you to be a blessing to somebody. So always go with the bigger number. Trust and say, listen, give it a go. You can't say that it doesn't work. Lord, I want to hear your voice. How would you have me to give? As if God can't get that back to you. Come here. If we'll be faithful in our finances, God says, I can trust you with true riches. See, it doesn't always mean more finances. It just means I'm going to take care of you all the days of your life. But what it means is like that. This guy, I can trust. Because he's willing to be faithful in his giving and obedience to my leading, I can really trust him. Because Jesus said, where your heart is, there your treasure is. And where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so if he's been talking about this this morning, get you a little, let it have its perfect work. I'm not trying to get into your purse. I'm trying to get you to hear the voice of God and live courageously in obedience to the Lord. I mean, come on, give God a shout. I've always wanted to clog, but... often we don't discern the voice of the Lord because of the other voices that are clamoring for attention. But as we learn to set the dial of our heart on the station or the frequency that God is broadcasting on, we will find him ever speaking, ever leading, ever revealing the things that are on his heart. Amen. Set the satellite dish of your heart. Uh, I've been around long enough to remember when the Satellite dishes first came out. From here to that microphone over there. If you happen to see one in the wild now, you will find that it's now home to birds' nests, debris. It's, just, it's a whole, like a big catch-all of all of nature's goodness. Amen. 
And, uh, but, but I was thinking about satellite dishes. Do you know what? They're not pointed out and they're not pointed down. Where are they pointed? Uh, okay, where are they pointed? Okay, they're not in the notes. Satellite dish, not in the notes. Don't worry about it. Um, so satellite dishes, listen, Scripture says, I will look into the hills because that's where my help comes from. So let's not have the dish of our heart pointed at the news. Let's not the dish of our heart be pointed at the problem. Let's not have the dish of our heart pointed down. Let's tilt up. And that's why it's a position of this, not a position of this. No help has ever come from down there. Help always comes from above. And so as we set our heart there, it is almost like receiving heaven's signals. They come in. We pick up on them. We hear his voice. And then, come here. Do you realize only Jesus did two things while he was here the whole time? Two things. What you talking about, Willis? He said, I only do the things that I see my father do, and I only say the things that I hear my father say. See, listen, we, we, we hear the word prophets and prophetic and all that stuff, and sometimes for some of us that breeds a lot of, oh, boy, it gets weird. It doesn't get weird. The Holy Spirit has come, and if we set our heart on the frequency that God is speaking on, and we simply respond to his leading, that's how the kingdom of God comes to bear on the earth, through you and through me, not through the organization, not through the program, not through other things. All the programs and the amazing things that God is doing here in this place are set up to, to help facilitate They're like bones to the life. Let's just not have dry bones. Let's live in response. Programs don't touch people. People touch people. Programs just help frame it all up. But it's our responsibility, setting the dish of our heart up, catching the things that are proceeding from the voice of God. Amen? Still small voice. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. The sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. And he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? See, so often we look for the voice of God in the big catastrophic things and all the things. And then you get people, oh, well, God was speaking through that hurricane and God was speaking through that trouble. Was, the still, small voice. As we begin to train our ears to hear the still, small voice, everywhere we go, every circumstance I'm in, I've got one ear in this conversation, but I'm listening for the Lord. I'm always listening. Always have an ear towards heaven, listening for the still, small voice. Some of us want God to do, hey, 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 over here. Shh. Learn the voice. I don't want you to learn my voice. I want you to learn his. If I can give you anything today, it's hope that there is a God who speaks and that he can speak in a way that you can understand. Amen? Come on, give God a shout right there. Thank you, Lord. Anybody remember the radios that had the turn dials? Uh-huh. Yeah. What's a turn dial? What are you talking about? AM radio. AM radio? What's AM radio? And, uh, you know, you scroll through and you can find the stations, but I'm telling you, it's this very similar with our heart. 
Lord, I'm, I'm just focusing in on you, hiding your word in my There you are. That's God's frequency. Then all of a sudden, people will wonder, why do you carry peace in the midst of chaos? Why do you carry love? Why are you forgiving them? Why are you welcoming that group into your home? Because the Lord, you, listen, if you're ready to move into a place of being misunderstood, start following the voice of God. Amen. And listen, do it, but don't announce it. Just live it. People will be like, thank you, Jesus. There is a frequency in the spirit upon which the voice of God travels. And it is accessible to all who desire to find it. And to those who respond to it, they will find themselves being led by the spirit of God into the purpose of God. Quickly, I'm going to try to wrap them, try to land the plane here. I got the the uh, clocks. There's four of them. Uh, do y'all always turn on all four clocks in the back there? Y'all don't need to turn around. I've got four clocks, and they all say the same thing. You've got seven minutes and nine seconds to land the plane. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm just kidding, Pastor Kirk. Thank you so much for the boundaries that you have uh, given me. Amen. Come on, come on. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What? Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? Indeed. And after 40, uh, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written. Jesus knew the word. It is written. He responded with the word. Satan came with a scripture, but it was out of context. It wasn't what God had intended. But Jesus turned because he knew the word. He turned it right back around when that presentation was given to him. And he says, but it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. So Jesus understood. Jesus knew. And he responded with the word. Here's one of the things that you and I will find, that there are some things that can only be discovered in the wilderness. I wish it weren't so. I wish everything walking with Jesus was a mountaintop experience. But there are some things that can only be discovered in the wilderness. Don't shy away from the wilderness. Don't, don't do from a dry season. Don't back up. Lord, what are you saying in this season? I'm coming after you. I don't understand this, but I'm still coming after you. This doesn't make sense, but I'm still coming after you. And in the wilderness, the first thing the enemy does to knock us off balance is to call into question first our identity. If you are the Son of God, listen, if you don't know who you are, if you've not been born again by the Spirit of God, beyond just a confession with your mouth, but a believing in your heart, and you've come alive to the things of God, born again, I'm telling you, we have been given the responsibility and opportunity to hear His voice. And when the voice of the enemy comes and says, if you really are a Christian, then you would. And if you don't know who you are, you're, you're backpedaling. But if you know who you are, I know exactly whose I am. I'm confident in the finished work of the cross. I'm confident that the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all unrighteousness and sin. I stand right before God, not because I've behaved well, but because I have believed well. Come on, give God a shout right there. Woo! Calls into question our identity. And what God has said, even in the garden, you remember, did God really say? When the enemy can present a question, it gets us on our feet. I played basketball in school. I was very tall back then. But, but the deal is, if you can get the defensive player in this posture, you win. 
spiritual posture we talked about it earlier it's like God I'm ready for anything and everything that you've got for me when the enemy calls into my my identity into question I know who I am when he calls into question what God has spoken to you some of you are sitting here this morning and you've got promises that have yet to be fulfilled I hear the Holy Ghost say pick that promise back up get the dust off of that thing you fight with what God has spoken the revealed word of God the rhema that which God has shown you pick it up declare it let it be in your mouth you hold on to that promise generations are dependent upon it Whew. you and I can never combat spiritual enemies by natural means Jesus response to the reasonable presentation from Satan was the perfect scriptural reference for that moment you know church when we fail to develop our ears to hear we really will drift into the voices of responding to the voices that are going on around us and I believe today this is just a message that I believe that God has laid on our heart for to to be shared not a teaching to be evaluated or graded but a word to be received I want us to stand to our feet just for a moment let's close our eyes and open up our heart Holy Spirit tilt the dish of your heart up in faith and expectation father the grace and the anointing that you've placed on my life, I release it into this house now in the name of Jesus. Grace to hear, grace to see, and courage to be obedient to the leading of the Lord. I dare you, Rock Church, follow the little nudgings of the Holy Ghost. I dare you, see what God might do in your life and the lives of those around you. Father, we thank you for this morning. We honor you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can we give the Lord a shout right now? Amen. Pastor Jeff. Amen. Can we keep you with us? We're going to bring Pastor Ressi up as well. Will you guys join us? We're going to pray over you guys before you leave. You don't get out that easy. Get back up here. Hey, we are so grateful. Not only that Pastors Witt and Pastor Ressi are incredible pastors of their church on 68, but that they're a part of our spiritual family. They're our brothers and sisters. It is an honor to us to host you, to have you, to listen to the word of God being brought forth, but we know that you're doing incredible things. And we, we want to pray over you, pray over your ministry, pray over your lives. And hey, will you just reach out your hands this morning? We're gonna do that together. Yeah, I, it's just as we start to pray, um, I don't know if Pastor Witt even wants me to share it, so if he doesn't, I won't share it second service, but last, uh, <laughs> first service is fair game. Um, last weekend, Pastor Witt lost his father, and um, we were texting him all throughout this week and just trying to check in on him and saying, hey, if we understand, <laughs> like, if you need this week, like, we can cover this Sunday. Every single message back he sent to us was one of positivity, one of caring about us, one of can't wait to be here, can't wait to share what God put on his heart. So in the midst of, of a lot of pain and hurt, um, he lived out what he's preaching to us today. So let's pray over him and his family right now. Father, we're so grateful for the man of God that you sent here today. We're grateful, Lord, that he is uh, such a profound leader for you, such a voice for you in a world that desperately needs to hear it. We're especially grateful that he's a son of this house. 
And he's a friend of our pastor. And that throughout all the years, throughout working together, throughout working apart, throughout moving away, Lord, he still remains friend and son and brother sent out blessing people. We're so grateful that he can come and be uh, such a, a sounding board to us, such a megaphone, Lord, for our spirits, Lord, on, on the Sundays that he gets to be here. God, right now we are praying, Lord, over his church back home. Blessings, Lord, over everybody that is there today, Lord, the word that they're receiving, the people, Lord, that they are blessing in Greensboro. God, we pray over the album that their team is putting out this week. We're so excited for that. And God, we are just praying that the word that Pastor Witt brought to us today is going to be settling deep in our hearts, take deep root, Lord. And Lord, just one of my most important takeaways, an ear to hear a conversation I'm in and an ear to hear what God would have me say and do in that moment. So Lord, with our hearts and our hands extended, we pray a blessing over Pastor Witt, over Pastor Ressi, over their beautiful family. We pray a, a measure of peace during this time. We pray for healing in hearts that could be broken. And we're so grateful for the man of God who would not just preach a word, but live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. We love these guys so much. Hey, can we give it up for Pastor Witt and Pastor Ressi? Thank you so much. Hey, you know, um, we have an opportunity to pray. We have an opportunity to feed into these incredible people. And right now we're actually gonna do that. And I wanna take that word for Pastor Witt this morning and say, hey, I want you to listen in this moment to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Cause I want you to take out your phone and I want you to give online or give in the room because we wanna honor these incredible people who have sacrificed their time and their commitment and their energy and every part to plant seeds in our house that we are reaping the benefit of. And this financial seed is just one little way. Do you know that every time that they come, they don't ask for a thing? They don't ask for a thing, but it's our honor to be able to do that. So I wanna encourage you to give. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now in this moment, as you take your phone out and you wanna give online to honor and bless these incredible pastors, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, how can we honor you in this way? The, the Lord actually tells us in his word so clearly that those who have the office of preaching and teaching especially deserve double honor, not even just honor, but double honor. So I wanna encourage you this morning to participate in this really special offering. And if you do give online, you can just select guest ministry. We wanna bless and send Pastor Witt and Pastor Ressi home and to the church on 68. We wanna bless them with a financial seed. Can we do that this morning? Thank you so much for participating in that today. Thank you, Jessica. Hey, we're gonna get out of here in just a, just a moment, but I do wanna close us out. I do want to say one thing to you, Pastor Witt, that I didn't prepare to say, but I just want to say thank you. I feel like you come in here, and I feel like it's always something that we need. You know, I believe that there's so many of us that wrestle with that trust in God with our finances. And you speak into that, and you're like big brother, and you help us. It feels different when Pastor Kirk says and deals with things, and we hear it different from you. You talk about shaking up the the foundation of the service or whatever and giving Holy Spirit more room. I think you always inject life and a word that we need to hear. So thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Well, right now, we don't want to end any service without giving you an opportunity. If you are far from God, if you do not know this Jesus that we've talked about, if you've like the song that we were singing, 
uh, talking about him running and goodness and grace following us. If you feel like I'm so far away, I couldn't even see Jesus if he was running to me. Maybe that's you today. And maybe uh, throughout the whole thing, throughout every song of worship and every scripture and every word, you just felt this tug on your heart that today is the day to make a decision. I just want to give you an opportunity. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we raise our hands in this moment. It's not anything flashy. Nobody's even seeing it. The Lord sees our hearts. And this is a momentary decision, but this is something that begins to take a step toward your life being changed. And this is a recognition that I have messed up, that I am far from Him. But it's also a recognition that I'm lifting my hands and my hope and my eyes to the Lord of my life who can redeem me from the pit. So if that's you this morning, if you say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to come back to you. Help me. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in this place? Come on. Amen. Hands raised. Hearts surrendered. Let's all pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender my life to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, come on, let's say amen. Awesome. Well, we love you so much. Outside in the lobby is the baptism table. I'm going to run out there. I'll be there. Uh, Father's Day is next Sunday. Bring a dad. Have a wonderful week. We love you. Amen.